Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Olivia, what do you think of when you think about silent films? Uh, let's see. They're kind of jerky, black and white. I guess I think of like the classic story where there's a villain who ties a damsel in distress to the railroad, and then you're waiting to see, you know, will the hero come to save her in time? Yes, that's definitely one of the genres. There were silent horror movies, too, like Nosferatu, a creepy vampire with big teeth and hands. It really set the standard for all scary movies to come. I also think about Charlie Chaplin. You know, that kind of sweet, sad guy who got into all kinds of trouble. And it turns out, some of the films that catapulted him to megastar status shot right here in the Bay Area. I'm Olivia Allen Price, hanging out today with KQED's Silicon Valley editor, Rachel Myro. We got a question about those early days of silent film from Jose Munoz, who grew up in Fremont. I've always been, you know, fascinated by movies, always watched movies. And his parents told him something he's wondered about for years, that movies were once made in Fremont. That's the reason why I wanted to uh, reach out to you guys to get more insight on the matter, to see if we could say Fremont was the first Hollywood. That's right, dear listeners. We here at Bay Curious are about to embark on an audio story about silent films. This should be fun. Stick around. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. So where were we? Silent films in Fremont. Ah, yes. I mean, no shade to Fremont, but we are talking about the turn of the 20th century, right? I would have thought at the time, if you were going to make a movie in the Bay Area, you'd probably make them in San Francisco. There were movies shot in San Francisco. Lots of great locations, including Market Street, Golden Gate Park. But I'll let David Keene tell the story. He's got the best job, Olivia. He's the historian for the Niles SNA Silent Film Museum. Niles used to be its own town before it was incorporated into Fremont. It's like a place lost in time. The main drag looks like a movie set with about four blocks of old buildings, maybe not dating back to the 1850s when Niles was established, 
but sometime after that. Uh, in 1912, the SNA Film Company came to Niles. They spelled it E-S-S-A-N-A-Y, and it was a phonetic spelling of the two owners' last names, George Spohr, who was the businessman and ran the Chicago studio, and Bronco Billy Anderson, who was the first Western movie star cowboy. Anderson had been traveling around the United States for three years looking for the perfect weather and filming location for the Westerns that he was making, and uh, came upon Niles and uh, stayed here for the next four years and made over 350 films. It was the most successful silent film company in the Bay Area. Wait, 350 films in just four years? I know, it's hard to imagine now, but film companies at the time churned out movies at the rate of several a week. They tended to be thin on plot and big on action. Chase scenes and slapstick comedy. The companies hired a lot of actors from the world of vaudeville theater people with the physical stamina and comedic chops for this kind of work. Keen says Bronco Billy spotted a rising talent at a rival movie production company in Southern California, a young English comedian by the name of Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin had been working at the Keystone Film Company for $150 a week, and uh, his contract was almost up, and uh, um, Bronco Billy's right-hand man, Jess Robbins, signed him up at SNA for $1,250 a week and a $10,000 signing bonus. At that time, 10 grand would be worth something like $255,000 today. It was an expensive bet that paid off for SNA. Chaplin didn't particularly like this dusty one-horse town, but he made five films here that cemented his standing as a movie star. One of those was The Tramp filmed the iconic scene of walking away from the camera in Niles Canyon, which still looks a lot like it did back then. Big trees and dappled sunlight over a winding country road. Yeah, that's the scene where he's wearing a bad suit and a bowler hat, and he's like kind of waddling away from us. Right. This was also a time when SNA allowed Chaplin to transition from being a performer with a popular bit in someone else's film to a filmmaker himself, exercising creative control. Every one of his SNA films survive because they've never been out of distribution. His time at SNA was very pivotal to his career, and then they couldn't afford him anymore. <laughs> well, almost. He was still under contract with SNA and went on to make a few more movies for the company, but in Southern California, which by then was well on its way to becoming Hollywood the center of the movie-making universe. As for the studio in Niles, it kept on keeping on. But then talkies became popular in the 1920s, and you needed quiet to record the sound. And the Niles Film Studio's proximity to train tracks became an insurmountable problem. Fast forward to today, and the Niles SNA Silent Film Museum has become home to an impressive and ever-growing archive of silent movies. Over 400 different silent feature films and over 600 silent short films. We've got a collection of 10,000 films that we film prints that we show. Every Saturday night since January 22nd, 2005, almost 15 years now. 
The museum is also an impressive repository for beautifully restored and framed movie posters of the period and the machinery of filmmaking, like early cameras and projectors. So these are all uh, uh, silent era projectors um, from the teens. Moshe Graf from Chicago. Keen took me up to the projector room in the back of the theater. Booth, and uh, this is the original booth from 1913. Tin-lined, as you can see. And why would it have been tin-lined? Because of the nitrate fire hazard, you needed some kind of protection on the wood so that if a fire did start, it wouldn't burn the whole place down. I think I should mention here, photographic film is a strip of transparent plastic coated on one side with a light-sensitive gelatin emulsion. Do this with a nitro compound, and you've got something so reactive it'll burn even after you submerge it in water. So these days, Keen rolls prints, not highly flammable nitrates, as they're called. But the projectors are from the silent film era, and he literally cranks the films on Saturday nights here. It's actually not too difficult to do. Um, you just watch the screen and and your arm can pretty much automatically readjust uh, on the fly while you're looking at the screen to see the image at its proper speed. He's also the guy who repairs and researches the background of footage people send here because they know Niles is a good home for silent films. It's amazing what's out there and what still is turning up. Uh, a family just not too long ago, brought us five nitrate films that were under a house in Stockton. Rare films that I've never seen before. And what were they of? There was one film that was shot by the Miles Brothers in 1912, San Francisco Company, at Tanfran Park of an aviation meet. Some more footage from the San Francisco earthquake aftermath, 1906. Some pretty amazing stuff. Rachel, how long did the silent film era last? Almost 40 years, from the 1890s through the 1920s. But a lot of people didn't take these films seriously back then, didn't think anybody in the future would care about a bit of fluff made for the moment. Or maybe they did, but nitrates. Fires destroyed a lot of film history. It's amazing how many films that were made in that time period. Thousands and thousands of films. Only a fraction survived, but, but because there were so many made, that still means that there are still a lot of them around, fortunately. Were there any surprises for you doing this story? You know, Olivia, I don't think I realized how many women were involved in silent film. And not just involved. We talked about Charlie Chaplin, but he wasn't the only big talent of this period. Take, for example, Mabel Normand. With bouncy curls and expressive eyebrows, she was the first actress to be tied to the railroad tracks. She was also at Keystone when Charlie Chaplin arrived and taught him a few things before he moved on to SNA. She directed some of the movies he was in, served as his first leading lady for a stretch, ran her own production company eventually, just like Chaplin. Thanks to historians like Keene, we're rediscovering treasures hidden in plain sight for close to a century now. Can't I just watch some of these films on YouTube in my jammies with my own popcorn? Yes, you can. But I'll tell you, I have done a lot of that for this story, and a lot of the musical choices are awful. 
Also, the quality of the prints, not so great either. Plus, there's something to the physical experience of watching a movie in a theater with a live piano player. And what does our question asker, Jose Munoz, have to say about your story? I was really blown away by it. You know, it was definitely very insightful, and it just basically gave me more uh, history of my hometown. It's not only just, a, you know, a piece of history for Fremont or the Bay Area, but also all of California, because people think movie making was born and still lives in uh, SoCal, but this is as much as a North Cal story as it is anything else. So, Olivia, I just want to re-emphasize something Keen said about SNA. The most successful silent film company in the Bay Area. Jose's parents, and it must be said a fair number of Bay Area journalists, have suggested Niles was Hollywood before Hollywood. But that's really an overstatement. Niles was big for the Bay Area, but it was still an outpost for a Chicago studio. And Hollywood deserves the screen credit it gets. Well, aren't you the party pooper, Rachel? I'm not saying don't go and feel the love for Niles and silent film. Just keep it real. A few weeks ago, we asked you to tell us your favorite Bay Curious episode. Here's a message we got from Claire in Oakland. My favorite Bay Curious episode was the one about the sound decibels of the BART trains. (laughs) Every time I ride BART, I have to hold my ears or like put my earbuds in. We're making a playlist with all of your suggestions, and it's not too late to get your favorite in the mix. Tell us your favorite in a voice memo and send it to baycurious at kqed.org. Be sure to say your name and the city where you live, too. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.